You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out the site, all the good stuff we have there for you that are going to help you dominate your fantasy football draft. Cheat sheets you need, looking at the sleepers, bus, everything you could need rankings-wise, uh, draft plan, looking at the tiers across positions as well. Here in Locked On Fantasy Football, we're going to continue looking at different teams and where their players are going in fantasy football drafts. We're now up to the AFC South, so the draft report spotlight shines on those four teams, the Jaguars, Colts, Texans, and Titans. If you missed any of our previous divisions there, check it out. We've gone through now six before, two more to go here. We're going to cover the South today and looking at the AFC West on the final run of these shows tomorrow. So really getting an update there on where these players are ranked, fantasy pros, expert consensus rankings, half-point PPR formats, and what you should do with their offenses as a whole. Now, before we get into all of that good stuff here for the division, and there are some teams with more appeal than others in the AFC South, the NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lecanfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in right now. All the shows are up. It started on August 30th, so get in while you can here to get ready for the 2021 NFL season. We're getting you ready for the 2021 fantasy football season. The Jaguars had a development here in recent weeks. We talked about that happening for the Ravens as J.K. Dobbins went down. Gus Edwards' value goes up. You had uh, now the Jaguars losing the rookie first-round pick Travis Etienne of Clemson for the season. So James Robinson, his value has gone up. So people are debating Robinson versus Edwards. You suddenly have two more appealing RB2s. Robinson, I think, is the higher appeal here. He's ranked number 34. And why that uh, makes a lot of sense, that's overall 18th among running backs. RB2 status, he's going to catch a lot of passes. He's capable of doing that. Carlos Hyde, not really much of a receiver here. You might see a little bit of Dare Ogunbowale. They're the third running back get involved here. But Etienne, that pass catching, they're going to have to uh, shift that a little bit in the backfield. And Robinson proved capable when needed to be a receiver. We know he fell in right there among the solid RB1s in uh, 2020. So he can score at a high level, especially with some feature-like touches. I know they're going to get Hyde involved. He's a Favorite of Urban Meyer going back to Ohio State, but if you're looking for a later handcuff, you could look at Carlos Hyde. He's going at 180 now, all of a sudden, in the RB5 range. So clearly he's the number two there that you look at behind Robinson if you're going in that direction to protect your investment. But James Robinson, solid RB2. He's perfect. If you get one of those elite guys in the first round, starting with Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, those type of players... You can come back and get Robinson here as a pretty strong RB2 here for your teams in 2021. Jaguars offense may be up and down, but we know they're going to be committed to the running game. That's what they do better. Remember, Robinson produced a lot in their passing game. Was uh, pretty bad last year, and they also had a high volume of passing. So James Robinson proved to be pretty much matchup proof. He had only a couple really 
not productive games. He should get quite a bit of volume here with Daryl Bevel and this new coaching staff taking over for the Jaguars. Now, the next Jaguar on the board is DJ Chark, and I've seen in a lot of uh, places where DJ Chark is going behind LaVisica Cheneau and Marvin Jones. So Cheneau is 103 there and 41 overall, so he's a wide receiver four. Marvin Jones, 115 and 46, where DJ Chark falls in right in the wide receiver threes. Now, we haven't seen him in the preseason with a finger injury, so we're not quite sure how it works out with Trevor Lawrence, but we do know DJ Chark is the most talented wide receiver that the Jaguars have overall. We've seen him produce big time as a fantasy asset with Gardner Minshew. I think you'll have some of the similar chemistry develop here as the season goes on with Trevor Lawrence. He's just the best all-around receiver. Marvin Jones is a little bit older. He's pretty valuable still and can produce. Chanel, we saw a lot of uh, short passes, bubble screens, those type of things. So he could be helpful in more PPR formats. I think Jones might be the guy you look at more in standard leagues, but he split the difference. Who's the most complete receiver? And the Jaguars should be still be throwing a lot, even with Robertson and the running game being uh, the centerpiece of what they do here. So when you look at that, for sure, Chark is the guy that stands out to me. I do not understand. Again, Cheneau I get a little bit because he's a young player with uh, some upside. they got a lot of speed, but so is Chark, and he can make big plays. He profiles more like a number one. Marvin Jones... I get it, it's recency bias based on the guy that uh, Lawrence has been throwing to in the preseason, but again, Chark did not play there and wasn't a factor, so that's going to change. Again, talent is what you look for first in a wide receiver, running back, any of the offensive skill positions in fantasy football, and Chark, I would invest and feel more comfortable about him as a wide receiver three than wanting to have Shanoa Jones with limited upside there as wide receiver fours. Now, that ties into their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, the rookie Number one overall pick out of Clemson. He's not on the shelf. Etienne is. But Lawrence, buyer beware with him. He's a borderline deep league QB1. He's 14th at the position, 123 there overall on the board. I'm not too excited about Trevor Lawrence. I just think there's going to be a lot of rookie lumps. He's going to run a little bit and help, but I think they'll be more leaning on the traditional running game. I'm not sure it's going to work out with the offensive line. Are they going to protect him enough to get those numbers there? So I'd much rather would take a chance on Justin Fields, who's not starting here to begin the season. Zach Wilson, we know, is starting later. Mac Jones, no, not interested in him now that he's the Patriots starter, but Trey Lance, certainly, with his upside, I think has a little bit more appeal than Trevor Lawrence, and you're not going to have to invest as high a pick to get a Lance or a Fields or a Wilson and get better return on investment from quarterback than I think you will, trying to look at Trevor Lawrence and kind of force him as a rookie with immense talent, going to have a great career in this league, Try to force him into fantasy football relevancy of that level right away. I think you can do a lot better. Some guys like Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan maybe being overlooked there in that range. Uh, Joe Burrow going right ahead of Lawrence. I think I'd rather go in any of those directions here. Because I don't totally trust the Jaguars offense. I still think they'll be run heavy, set things up in the passing game. There will be some big games for Lawrence, but in terms of trying to trust him as an every week starter, I wouldn't go there. I'm looking at more as a platoon or streaming option for my team. Now, let's round out to who else the Jaguars have here that we're going to look at. From a fantasy football perspective, you have Josh Lambeau, the kicker, 281, going way down there as a kicker, 20. The defense still under renovations here, 293 overall, 26, so well into the defense threes there. And uh, James O'Shaughnessy, not much to see at tight end here with the Jaguars, a post-Tyler Eifert, 392 and 52. So, Jaguars certainly have more intrigue than we think, but buyer beware on where you're going to go. The guys I'm still going after most are Robinson and Shark. 
All right, we'll get to the rest of this division, starting with the Colts and Texans there in our next segment. Close with the Titans, the best and most reliable offense in this division in our final segment. I do have to remind you, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season for college and pro. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. To get that 100% welcome bonus, all you have to do is enter the promo code locked on when you sign up there at Bet Online. All right, let's uh, continue the show looking at the Indianapolis Colts here, the next team that is catching our interest in the AFC South. Jonathan Taylor is a stud that everyone's targeting. He's going 12th overall, so the final pick in the first round in a lot of cases in 12-team uh, leagues, of course, uh, borderline first-rounder in deeper leagues, and certain first-rounder in shallow leagues. So he's going number 12-9 there at running back. Now, buyer beware on him. I just don't like the vibes here, the passing game of Carson Wentz. He's hurt early here. We know Sam Ellinger is not going to be the replacement. He's hurt. So you have Jacob Eason potentially starting in week one. Quentin Nelson, they're all everything guard is hurt as well, and he's key to the running game. So Jonathan Taylor may not get a lot of balance and support you're looking for to really live up to that expectation, high expectation, as an RB1 here. So I think he's pretty solid. Would I try to overdraft him? No. Do I look at him more as maybe an RB2 this year with the situation for Indianapolis? Yeah, I can definitely think about that. And keep in mind, Jonathan Taylor is going to cede some work to other backs in the system for sure. Naeem Hines being the primary target there. 106 overall for Hines. He's going... As a running back four, 41st, on half point and full point PPR, he has a lot more value than standard leagues. We know that because he's the primary pass catching back. Taylor can catch passes too, we know that. But he's going to see some touches to Hines here for Frank Reich. We know that. They still like Jordan Wilkins, by the way, on top of Marlon Mack. Mack is 205 on the board. He's going as the running back five, their last one at number 60. And you have uh, Jordan Wilkins. Everyone's forgotten about him. He's still hanging on. He's looking pretty good here. 341st overall, 91. So, But there's certainly going to be a bit of a committee approach. Taylor's still going to dominate touches. Hines is going to be the guy that comes in next. Mack could uh, steal some touchdowns and get in some relief work and early down and power work. And Wilkins could be a swing guy that comes in at times and fills in for Taylor or Hines. We'll see if they all end up on this team. But yeah, we're looking at this uh, Colts backfield. We do feel pretty confident about Jonathan Taylor, but do we want to take him so high? I think, uh, just be careful. I think he's more borderline RB1, RB2 than saying he's a guy that's just going to recreate his rookie performance here in 2021, especially with a different situation. So you get past the backfield, and you look at the wide receivers. Michael Pittman is going as the highest wide receiver now, 118 Overall, 48th, so he's going as a wide receiver 4. T.Y. Hilton is going as a wide receiver 5, but T.Y. Hilton is dealing with an injury that's going to keep him out early season. So where do you go? Do you trust either of those guys? Do you go to Paris Campbell at 173? 
There's a lot of question marks here with the Colts and that receiving core, and that's why we can't really tie into Carson Wentz at all. 183 overall for Carson Wentz. He's going as a QB3. So there's concern about the injury. There's concern about the level of offensive production that's available on the Colts, especially with Hilton banged up early. Will Pittman see a lot of tough coverage? Is Campbell going to be healthy enough to have an impact? A lot of question marks there. One more question mark you look at in the passing game. I think Hines might be the most reliable thing, that he's going to catch passes out of the backfield. But you look at tight end, you have Jack Doyle, 275th on the board. He's going 30 seconds, so essentially the last so-called starting tight end in this league. Mo Ali Cox going at 323, 37th. The rookie that they're high on, Kylan Granson, he's going 407, then 56. So he's off the radar. Doyle, Cox, Granson, they could all cancel each other out here. And don't forget about when we talk about Pittman, Hilton, Campbell, you have Zach Pascal also in this mix, 286 and 97. So Carson Wentz and injury throws off a little bit. We're not sure if Eason's going to be out there in week one. We're not sure when Hilton's going to be returning and somewhat trying to get back to full speed as he's a little bit older now. So a lot of question marks again with this passing game. And that's why the focus pretty much starts with Taylor and Hines there. Now, one of the better assets that isn't the Colts running game with Taylor and Hines primarily being the targets there. Their defense, they're 199, so in the top 200, they're going right in the middle of the defense special teams. One at number seven, a lot of playmakers there for sure. All levels, they can get after the quarterback. We have uh, Darius Leonard and uh, some guys there in the middle of the field that can make some big plays. I think their secondary has a little bit more potential this year as well. So that's how the Colts are gonna have to win games with running game and defense and protecting Carson Wentz as much as possible from overexposure with limited receivers there. Another uh, starting option here is Rodrigo Blankenship, if your league still uses kickers here. 222 overall, sixth at kicker. He's pretty solid. He kicks indoors most of the time, otherwise in uh, very uh, comfortable environments in this division. He's got a big leg. He's more reliable now, and so Adam Vinatieri retires, hands it off to Blankenship. I think he'll be a little steadier this year, and again, cooks, and he works in uh, good conditions here, so... Good uh, replacement to Vinatieri here for the Colts to give you some production there at kicker. We got a little ahead of ourselves with the Texans. We just wanted to talk about uh, Brandon Cooks. But Brandon Cooks, again, someone has to catch passes from Tyrod Taylor, who we think is going to be starting quarterback for all the season here with the real question marks with Deshaun Watson. Brandon Cooks is one of those guys he just produces. We talked about it uh, in length here, whether Saints, Rams, Patriots. He just finds a way to get it done. Last year, the Texans needed him. He came through and produced rather well. Got some wide receiver two value in their league. So he's going 86, 34th there among wide receivers. That's about right. You can't totally trust this offense to do all that much here. So if you're going to target a Texan, he's a guy that can give you some consistent, perhaps, value as a wide receiver three, an ideal target from that spot. But would I overdraft him, get too excited about him? No. The situation is not great, and you could see a lot of uh, tough coverage here in 2021. Now, we're looking at the backfield. This is pretty wacky here. 109 for David Johnson, 42nd. So he's buried there as a running back four. So is Philip Lindsay, who's now kind of second or third on the depth chart, depending on who you talk to. 116th, 44th. And then you have Mark Ingram, potential uh, cut candidate there in this crowded backfield. So pretty messy. It's a mashup of guys from other teams, the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Ravens slash Saints. Again, David Johnson is sneaky. He can get you some decent return because of his receiving value. They need help at wide receiver, and we know he used to be a wide receiver, so could cross over in the passing game. Lindsey has been rather disappointing, I think, coming over from Denver to not uh, settle in and be the back of choice in early down. So it could be a full-blown committee. 
David Johnson still has the most value. I would avoid this whole situation. Bad teams, running back committee, no part of it at all. But if you're desperate and you want someone that you could help you in a flex, you could look at David Johnson, especially in half and full point PPR here in 2021. Now, it's interesting who the next receivers are. You have at 258, you have Anthony Miller, the transplant from the Bears at 92 at the position. You have Nico Collins, the rookie from Michigan. He's going 262, 93rd at the position. Then you get into Kiki Kuti at 292, 101st. So these guys are all lumped together, not seeing a lot there. And that's why you got to like Cooks here, because I think he could dominate targets here when they're throwing the ball. Again, I, I think you'll have better return on investment than wide receiver three, but again, I'm not going to overdraft him and think he's only going to be a wide receiver two. But this situation tells you with the rest of the receivers. I think Collins could emerge at some point. He's a big kind of catch radius target there for Taylor, that it could emerge in the red zone and have a little bit of relevancy as a streamer at some point. I feel a lot better than trusting Miller or Cootie to ever have some value in uh, 2021, that's for sure. So Collins could see some key touches opposite Cooks and, again, have value in certain parts of the schedule against the weaker opponents, uh, maybe even starting in week one. Not a bad way to look at DFS with uh, Cooks and Collins there as options against uh, the Jaguars. Kamai Fairbairn is uh, a victim of this uh, bad offensive vibe situation, 282 and 23. So he's the uh, penultimate kicker two, so to speak. So nothing to see there. Now the big question to Sean Watson, are people looking at him much? No. They're looking at him right as the current Texan starter with Watson not wanting to play. 302, 35th. So He's buried. He's essentially undraftable at this point, knowing that he's probably not going to play it down here for the Texans. If he's traded, different story. His number is going to shoot way up, but I don't see that happening here before our fantasy football drafts are done. You look at Terod Taylor, he's going through 8 and 36. So right back-to-back, that means everyone's trying to avoid the Texans quarterback situation because it get, could get sticky. Rex Burkhead we might look at a little later as a stash here. He could end up being the lead back. Who knows? We just don't know. But Nick Casario, the former Patriots personnel guys there, so you never know with Rex, 329 and 85. So nothing to see there again. If you're desperate, get DJ as a flex in deeper leagues. Cooks as a guy that you're looking at, at more the wide receiver three, living up to that. And a tight end, you don't have much. Jordan Akins, 331 there and 39. So nothing to see there. Texans, just not all that interesting once you get out of uh, Brandon Cooks here with the ugly Watson situation on and off the field. All right, we still need to wrap up with the premier offense and the best team still in the AFC South, the Titans. We'll get to them here in a moment. I do have to remind you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why did you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same auto parts store or a chain store or car dealership? Example, you can get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump at a chain store for $353, or you could save big time and get it for only $216 from Rock Auto. And Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
So check it out to anything that you need obscure for your car. You're going to find it at Rock Auto and for the best price. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so you know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. And get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let us now turn our attention to the Titans here as we close this look at the AFC South rankings report for your fantasy football drafts here in 2021. Don't forget, we will close with our final division looking at the four teams from the AFC West there on the next show. So check that out. Titans, we know who the stud is starting your drafts. It is Derrick Henry. He's going fourth overall, fourth at running back here. So I've seen Henry start to not go at that spot more and more. People have been warming up to Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones. They try to combine those into one guy, but those two guys are getting a love here. Alvin Kamara is pretty much settled ahead of Henry after Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. So, again, we're talking about a half-point PPR, full-point PPR. Certainly, that's going to also hold up with those three. Henry, I think you look at standard leagues. He has a lot more value there right behind McCaffrey and Cook. But certainly in half-point PPR, because he doesn't have a lot of a receiving pop, and we don't expect him to flirt with 2,000 yards. It just doesn't happen in the consecutive seasons. He's bound to wear down at some point. So people are all factoring those things in. Maybe it's just poking holes at Henry and trying to find a way to not take him there. But Elliott and Jones are certainly getting a lot of love. So, again, it's a tough call if you're presented with Henry, Elliott, or Jones. I think at half or full point PPR, I might feel more confident going with uh, Elliott or Jones. Standard to go with Henry, but, again, your championship is not going to be won or lost in your first-round pick. I think they're all solid picks here overall. The touchdowns and the regression and that particular number could change things as well for Derrick Henry, but still the centerpiece of the Tennessee's offense. So how I'm looking at it, if you feel your gut that Derrick Henry is going to keep producing, do it. But if you feel a little bit that Elliott and Jones are the guys instead, that's also fine here in 2021. But again, I think you'll be set with any one of those backs here in this format if you have essentially a top six pick here in fantasy football in 2021 in your redraft leagues. Now let's uh, turn to the next Titan on the board. That would be A.J. Brown at wide receiver, 21st overall, 7th at wide receiver. He's going as an elite, pretty much a borderline wide receiver one. I do like Justin Jefferson a little bit more than him for sure. I think Brown, a lot of big plays, and it was dependent on that a little bit last year with the touchdowns. I think Julio Jones could pilfer some touchdowns here. In a twist where Julio wasn't a big touchdown guy, of course, in Atlanta. That was a fantasy football bugaboo there. But A.J. Brown, great receiver, can stretch the field, make some big plays. But do I like him better than a D.K. Metcalf or Justin Jefferson, two young receivers going at the same time? No, I don't. I, I just think the Titans may be capped a little bit offensively. I think we've probably seen the best of them. 
Do I think Brown is a slouch? No, he's still a solid wide receiver one. I just have some preferences there early, so I'd rather take him as a back-end wide receiver one than as high as he's ranked right outside the top half of the wide receiver one. Now, Julio Jones is going as a wide receiver two, 41st on the board, 17th. I think it's a bit aggressive for Julio Jones. He's 32. He's got a history of soft tissue injuries. He's essentially in the Corey Davis role. Corey Davis, again, we've documented this well. He was the wide receiver three for the Texans behind A.J. Brown last year in uh, fantasy football. So, again, Julio could break down. There's that. There could be limited opportunities and run-heavy offense here. We talked about it on the Fantasy Football Live show we did with uh, Marcus Mosher and Matt Williamson. We are not totally sold there on uh, Julio Jones uh, delivering there as a wide receiver two. I think it's a bit aggressive. I think I'd rather take him as a wide receiver three in the 20s, maybe even near the 30s. There's so many good, talented wide receivers and depth of the position where I'm not going to reach for Julio Jones in the aging part of his career. We're looking at Ryan Tannehill. He's 84th. He's the next uh, Titan on the board. And so he's going as QB9. I think he's getting forgotten a little bit and people are skeptical. He's in that range where you think about Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and Tom Brady right near the end of the QB1s. Then you look at also the guys behind Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. So Tannehill is kind of in the muddled middle of all that where people are forgetting him. I think people are jumping on Hurts and Stafford on their upside where I think they simply trust Brady and Rodgers more. And when you look down to it with Herbert versus Tannehill, Herbert has the young upside here. So I think people are just still skeptical with Tannehill. There could be some regression. So I think that's about right. Be careful about drafting Tannehill. I still think based on his production in this particular offense, he falls into that QB1 category, but it's not an exciting player to draft. Really, I think you can look for better values there. Again, that Herbert, Rodgers, Brady, look, Hurts and Stafford and Burrow and uh, Mayfield and some of these other guys, I would uh, feel like going that direction where I don't think you're going to get a top 12 finish for Tannehill, especially with guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields around the corner ready for big roles. Anthony Ferkser is going as the last tight end two at 24th at his position, 163. So not a lot of buzz around Anthony Ferkser. He's a decent backup, but he's not going to replace Jonu Smith as the type of a producer or trusted target here in this offense. So we just know that. So that could help Julio as well. But keep in mind, they'll also involve a third receiver here in uh, Josh Reynolds at times. This team was 12 personnel heavy with Arthur Smith, but they'll use some... 11. So Josh Reynolds, 243, 87th at wide receiver. So a little bit of value there coming over from the Rams. You also have Des Fitzpatrick, the rookie, 395, 132 for him. So again, not a lot to see there at wide receiver and tight end. I think it's pretty much going to be a lot of uh, Brown and Jones playing off Henry and not much extension to get reliable production from another uh, target here that isn't out uh, of the backfield. Now, Who's the handcuff for Derrick Henry? You're going to go back down to Darrington Evans. Well, I think this kid is still very talented. Missed some time again in training camp in the preseason, but he's going as an RB5. Pretty decent investment there for Henry, but not overspending. It's still a late-round pick that you can handcuff Henry, protect that investment. Evans is pretty talented in his own right. This offensive line is pretty good. So if Henry were to go down and miss time, Evans would rather see a significant role here, we think. Fully healthy, that's the key thing. Last year he couldn't stay on the field to uh, be the reliable number two to Henry. I think that changes here in year two for Evans, a very promising running back from Appalachian State. And finally, we look at the Titans' uh, defense special teams. They're going pretty deep here. They haven't done anything to say they're going to make a lot of plays here. Even with the Texans and Jaguars having a few issues, maybe streaming value in that sense for the Titans, but 
Just not seeing a lot that I'm going to hang my hat on here to uh, produce the numbers we need in fantasy football in terms of sacks and takeaways. So 264th, streaming option, 21st at the position, but that's about it for the Titans' defense. All right, there you have your look at the AFC South and the draft rankings report here, the updates you need to know, and what we think of these offenses overall here in 2021. We will look at the fun offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll also look at the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers to close the series here on the next Locked On Fantasy Football. Again, don't forget to check out the Ultimate Season Preview. Now through September 8th, every team, every division, just like we're doing here, for you on my Lockdown Fantasy Football. So check out the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed. That's on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts happening right now here on the Lockdown Network. For this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day and see you tomorrow with our look at the AFC West.